Hey everyone, welcome to Becoming a Bible Nerd. Today, this is a special Thanksgiving edition. I have Newly here um, sitting across from me at the table, and we are just going to do a chat on gratitude and thankfulness in this Thanksgiving season. And before we get started, I do want to tell you where the heart from this came. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we woke up early to get our kids ready for school, and I remembered that it was Chapel Day at Eden, our daughter Eden's school. She goes to a private school, and I I um, asked Newly, oh, is the, you know, our youth pastor going to be doing chapel? Because he typically does. And he Newly suddenly remembered that Jacob had told him that he was swamped this week. And uh, I guess Newly was supposed to take over and he hadn't given it a second thought. And so that within the hour that we had to discuss things, we quickly, uh, you know, just together chatted and I was like, well, what if you do a lesson on Thanksgiving? Maybe talk about the Israelites and what they're complaining did in the wilderness. And from there, from that conversation, uh, God just started downloading things to Neely. And so I invited him here today because I thought it was just something worth um, exploring and talking about together. So Neely, welcome to the podcast. Well, I, am, am I the first um, male that's ever been on the podcast? Uh, you're the first guest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that has well, been hey, and the first male. What an honor. What an honor. Uh, yeah, you're... Um... I would be offended if it was any one other than me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, good to be here. Um, hey, excited to, uh, to share with you guys, uh, everyone that will listen to this. But um, really, like, I don't recommend this all the time. Um, it's not a, a good strategy for long-term success. But every now and then, you can find yourself in a crunch, and you can say, okay, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And you just start almost like panicking. And you just have to resist that urge to panic and just just seek after him and say, okay, God, where do you want to go with this? And, um, you know, I don't, I'm not suggesting that it's world-changing by any stretch, but, I mean, in a matter of, you know, a short amount of time, I just had – a direction uh, uh, and some some real hidden gems and treasure of the story of the 10 lepers and was able to point out some things that really centered on Thanksgiving and there was a lot in there that we could that we could unpack but as it related to Thanksgiving you know there was just so much in there that I that I felt was worth pointing out um, especially for the students and you know for those of you that may not know um, the audience that day ranges anywhere from um, kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade. Um, and so, you know, you could easily lose some students really, really quick. So can't spend a lot of time on it, but we really just had, had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun sharing with that. And I was able to talk to Carrie about it. And she said, hey, that's worth sharing on a podcast. And so here I am. Okay, so why don't you kind of read through the story of the Tim Lepers and um, refresh our memory, or maybe some of the people are hearing it for the first time. Sure. Um, I, I'm going to read through that in just a second. I do want to point out this quote that I came across later because I really feel like as we're approaching Thanksgiving um, here this week, I, I want to make sure that we're always mindful that we are responsible for the gratitude that we have. It's not it's not anyone else. It's not our circumstances that it's only us that determines um, whether or not we have a heart of gratitude. And I saw this quote um and it's a, it's a quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he said, In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give and that it is only with gratitude that life can become rich. And I think that everybody would acknowledge that they want to live a rich life. Um, and Dietrich is pointing out here that one of the keys to that is recognizing that we tend to receive far more than we give away. 
and especially for those that are followers of Jesus. If you think about the gift of salvation that we've and the, and what we have been forgiven from, that we are way ahead on the on the scale and we come out ahead big time. And so making sure that we always remember we have so much to be grateful for. But as you said, you know, we wanted to go to the scripture and go to a Bible story and and kind of figure some of this out. So I went to the 10 lepers. I was just thinking about that because, you know, when you start looking around stuff for, hey, what's gratitude demonstrated in the Bible, one of the stories that you can go to is the story of the 10 lepers. And it's when Jesus is walking around doing ministry and he is approached. And so I will read about it. It's found in Luke chapter 17. Um, And you can go and look up anytime you want. Verse It starts at verse 11. It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And so a couple of things that we could point out, um, understanding the dynamic of who these individuals are. We don't know the history, the background of all of them. Um, It's pointed out that this one individual was a Samaritan. um, And so there would have been some race differences already that existed. But if you can imagine what their life was probably like, you have to understand that back in the day, this skin disease of leprosy, um, very, very highly contagious. And so they were cut off from society. And so they didn't really have any other human connection except for one another. And so they didn't have race or they didn't have ethnicity. They probably didn't even share a religious commonality. The only thing that united them to make them a community was the fact that they all had leprosy. And so I kind of think about if you consider some of our big cities and maybe you've experienced driving by, maybe you have seen it on the news, but you think of like tent cities of homeless people and like people from all different walks of background and how they ended up there probably all has a different story. But yet what they all share in common is that they all live in the same place, cut off somewhat with the rest of society, broken from their families. And, you know, these lepers, they, they couldn't see their spouse. They couldn't see their, their kid. They didn't get to watch what it was like growing up. I can imagine that some of them probably watched from a distance as their kids walked to school or maybe played, but they couldn't approach them I think, couldn't talk to them. I think we've even heard or read um, that if you did have to go into the city, you had to scream unclean um, so that people know that you're coming and, and get out of the way. And I just can't imagine the humiliation, the loneliness, the the depression that these people yeah. lived and walked in. Yeah. Talk about the ultimate scarlet letter, you know, of, of having to walk around with an identity, just screaming out to people like you have to declare to everyone, like, I'm not worthy to be mm. in your your presence. And so stay away from me. Like just the, the dehumanization mm. that took place as they were just trying to live life. And so, you know, that's who we're dealing with. That's the men that we're dealing with. And so if you if you keep that in mind, the fact that they're coming to Jesus, 
I mean, it, it probably tells you that they've heard about some of the stuff that he did. You know, as Jesus began to do miracles, you know, his fame and his reputation began to spread throughout the region. So they probably thought, you know, this once is our again, one chance. Yeah, this is our chance. And, and, and no doubt I could imagine they've tried everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're that desperate, you will try everything. It was probably out of desperation that they finally said, well, let's go give it a shot, um, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with being desperate. I think we all need to have a level of desperation, you know, for Jesus to move and to work in our lives. Well, I can't imagine the feeling right off whenever they go and they're not rejected by Jesus. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so really, if you kind of read back what that says, and I want to go back and point that out because it's so, it says that they were just standing there. And they they stood at a distance. So they didn't approach him as was the custom. And he just tells them, hey, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, you know, when I read that, it seems kind of strange. One, because they're skipping a step. If they, if they, when they, when they are healed, it would have been custom for them to go show themselves to the high priest so that he can say, okay, and, and almost like serve as a witness and verify them as, okay, you are clean. You can now resume a normal life again and return back to the community. Yes, you can you're welcomed back into the community. You are now clean. And so there's no doubt that I if I'm in their shoes, I'm probably puzzled. I'm probably confused. I'm like, "Jesus, aren't you forgetting something? You're telling us to go to the next step before the most important thing has been taken care of." Um and that's something that jumps out to me. Um, and I'm, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with thankfulness, but I think it's something that we can't just rush over that many times in life, Jesus is going to tell you a step that may not make sense. Yeah. And, and it's faith. It takes faith absolutely. to operate in it. And that's where the miracle comes. Absolutely. Um, and if you're familiar with, you know, if you've been listening for a while, if you're familiar with Carrie's work, our story and where we've all like, we're now in the middle of a second transition, which God told us, hey, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to go do something with no idea what was next. No idea what was next. And it was a matter of, hey, almost like he told Abraham, go to the place I'm going to show you. Leave your family. Leave everything that you know. Go to the place I'm going to show you. And and on the way, it began to make sense and become mm-hmm. revealed. So I can imagine these guys on the way, it because that's what the text says, on the way, they they were healed. And so, you know, did they feel it? Did they just look at one another and notice that the other person mm. no longer had oh, this stuff so all cool. over their yeah, face? Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I don't know what it looked like. I can I, only imagine. I can just imagine that overwhelmed with emotion because while something didn't make sense, they did move in faith. And then all of a sudden, they see this miraculous, life-altering miracle take place in their life. No doubt, no doubt, and I, I don't want to for I don't want to ever forget that like when you're desperate, it will lead you to do some what what could seem like to be crazy things. But that's that sometimes that's a good place to be, especially if your desperation is a desperation for the heart of God, a desperation to be close and intimate with Jesus. And sometimes the steps that you that He asks you to take may not make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it certainly didn't make sense for them because they were they were going to do something that, like, go show yourself to the priest. Well, I'm what am I going to show myself to the priest for? I'm still broken. I'm yeah. still. I won't even be allowed here. to be. Yeah, I, I can't. I'll have to start screaming. But sometimes it's that desperation of 
hey, maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I don't want to lose sight of that. Um, but as we heard from the story, one of them came back. And I think that that is significant. And I think, if I'm being honest, I think the other nine kind of get a raw deal. Um, and it's easy to to think that maybe they're not considered grateful. But as we heard a while ago, consider their situation prior to getting healed. Sure. You know, there's not a doubt in my mind that they were grateful. They were given a second chance of life. I mean, I, I picture when I envision the story that they are running as fast as they can to their family. Yes. You know, they want to see their wives. They want to see their kids. And they just kind of for a moment in their excitement forgot where and how this miracle took place. Sure, absolutely. And so if you think about it, like having to go show themselves to the priest was just a nuisance of a next step that they had to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can now go pick up my kids with no risk to them. I can embrace my wife and kiss her face with no be, being no threat to her being ostracized from society. But instead, first, I have to go show myself to the priests as a as a religious next step. Mm-hmm. And I understand the implications and why it was necessary, but that was just something that they had to do. Which it just it. It magnifies the beauty of the story of the one coming back because I don't mm-hmm. want it to paint a picture like the other nine weren't We're, grateful. Right. But consider when when you're when you remember there's a difference between being grateful and being grateful and remembering where the blessing came from. Um, I have to just admit, I mean, when I hear this story, I can immediately relate to the other nine because I have caught myself in more than one situation, sadly, um, where I am praying and believing for something and it actually takes place and I am excited and I am grateful and I, but I don't stop what and, and think, wow, God just answered this prayer. Let me get on my hands and knees and thank him. So I've been guilty of this myself and it might be two, three days later that I'm like, <gasps> God, you answered that. And in my excitement, I never even gave you the glory. So I, again, sadly can can relate. And I want to be a person that is like this 10th gentleman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think something that we're going to have to remember is that if you're going to, if you're going to live a life of gratitude um, and thankfulness, like it's going to cost you something. As we just pointed out, this 10th man, the one that came back, this Samaritan, like, like it cost him time. Mm. And it took intentionality. Yes. He was it, intentional. He put off seeing his family to come back and <coughs> give glory to Jesus. Like that took time. And again, at the risk of being too critical of the other nine, the the opposite of thankfulness is entitlement. Mm. Like feeling like, well, I was owed this. I deserve this. And I can understand, you know, where they're probably coming at it from a place of, I didn't do anything to deserve this disease. And finally, I got a second lease on life. I deserve this. And if, when we when we walk through life with gratitude and remembering that really we don't deserve much, and what we do have is a tremendous blessing, especially when we consider what Jesus has done for us, we walk around less entitled but more mm. grateful and, and, and gratitude. And so we always have to remember like that, that living a life of gratitude and thankfulness, it's going to cost us something, whether it's our time or our treasure. Like if the more thankful we are, the more we're going to be giving away, the more we're going to sacrifice time doing other things to make sure that we demonstrate gratitude to other people that, that we need to demonstrate gratitude towards, especially, especially Jesus. Um, and so there's a couple of things that I want to point out, um, 
in this story that if we're going to be people that live lives of gratitude, um, I think first of all, it's like we're going to have to be on the lookout to be intentional of looking for the blessings in front of us. Um, you know, and there's there's a couple of examples um, of Bible stories in which we saw people not really do this that well. Um, one of the most famous ones is when Jesus um, is early on in his ministry and he shows up to his hometown and he's doing ministry and, and famously doesn't do that many miracles in his hometown. And the reason being because is there was a, there was a certain level of, of or a lack of reverence that existed among the people that was with him. They just treated him as common. And that, that kind of got in the way of them recognizing the gift that they had walking before them. And so they had these people that just kind of treated him, well, aren't you just so-and-so? Just common. Yeah, it's very common. And, you know, there was a lack of reverence. And so, the, like, he was, the Holy Spirit limited him. Mm. And what he was able to do in their lives. And so if we fail to recognize the goodness that is before us, we cut ourselves off from further goodness. That, I mean, that's so good while you're talking. I mean, it just brought me back to Romans 11. From him and through him and to him are all things. And I think how many times do we just do things out of the own our own gifts and talents that ultimately came from God, but we just think, I did that. I earned that. I made that happen. And what I'm hearing you say right now and what is just the revelation that's coming forth is we're actually quenching the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we are not giving credit to where credit Absolutely. is due. And so I think I love Paul's doxology that it is from him and through him and to him are all things. Yep. All things. Even Absolutely. the ability for us to use our wisdom and our strength and our might to accomplish things in this world. It's ultimately from him. He's the one that gave us That's this. so good. Um, and so we have to make sure that we're looking out for the blessings as they are presented, walking in front of our very eyes. And if, we're, if we become so jaded, we stop being able to see this. Another example of something like this would be whenever the God's people were delivered out of Egypt. And, you know, everybody listening to this podcast probably knows the story of they end up in the, you know, the desert wandering around. Well, in that time, early on, it didn't take them long to start complaining about the situation that they were in Again, and wanting to go back. Another place that I could totally see myself in. It's hot. Yes. I'm hungry. When are we going to get water? Like, oh my goodness, this is just uh, convicting me because I can so relate. Yes. It's, I'm and easy and quick to complain. God is supernaturally providing for them. He's provided a clear path out of the harm's way from, you know, from the Egyptian army. And they're swallowed up, so they're delivered, they're rescued. And then he's supernaturally providing all that they need, the oh, food and the water. And a fire by night, a cloud by day. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, they don't he's even have to think what direction to go in. They're following the cloud. And they're complaining because they don't have enough. And, and what's crazy is they can t they actually, with their own eyes, can see him yes. there. Because, they. I mean, he's in the form of a cloud. He's in the form of um, fire. He, there's food falling on the ground. Absolutely. And I think, you know, our takeaway from this just has to be that circumstances don't determine and they should not determine whether or not we're going to be grateful. Our attitude does. Mm -hmm. We have a choice of whether or not we're going to be grateful. And so if you're a complainer, you're choosing to be a complainer. Mm -hmm. 
If you have a positive attitude and you're thankful, it's because you're choosing to have a positive attitude and to be thankful. Um, and so we always have to remember that. So we're gonna, we're not gonna, we've got to make sure, and we can pass this on to our kids. But we want to be able to live this way that 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 we're making sure that we recognize the the goodness, the blessings that are in front of us. That we're not gonna come up, complain about the bad stuff that comes our way because bad stuff will come our way. You know, we live. We live between the two gardens, mm. and one day it'll all be restored. But in the meantime, we have to we have to work the ground, and it's hard, and it's it's it can be grueling, and we're gonna face struggles. We're assured that we're going to face hardships, and then lastly, as we saw from the the tenth man, that we don't just recognize the good, we don't just refuse to complain but we actually demonstrate gratitude. Mm. We actually go out of our way to demonstrate gratitude and it typically will cost you something. As we recognized a while ago that it cost this man time with his family. It cost this man time to get back into regular life. He actually had to stop whether he saw the priest and came back or whether he stopped as soon as he saw that he was healed and came back. The story doesn't tell us, we don't know, but he put off something that was near and dear to him to demonstrate gratitude. And there was no doubt that that was a sacrifice of, you know, some relationship time that he had. And so, again, if we're going to demonstrate gratitude and we're going to offer worship and glory to God, like it's going to cost us something, but that's precious and we shouldn't resent that. What do you think um, that the, the message in the gospel, because obviously they purposely put that he was a foreigner. So what do you think Jesus's message to his chosen people was in that instance? Oh, I think Jesus was always kind of pointing out that, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I need to phrase this, but really more than anything that like, you guys miss it all the time. And, and I'm going to point to someone that you despise, that you think that you're better than, and I'm going to use them as an example um, to show you what it should look like. Mm. And while this wasn't, a, this wasn't a parable, this is actually something that did happen, but the text did point out, you know, it, it made a point to notice. And I think that, I think the really the message, it, it, it's great for us because we would have been considered an outsider. We're considered outsiders um, who have been grafted in. So that's great for us that, hey, that all are welcome. And Jesus doesn't draw distinct lines between, you know, the, the line of David, the Hebrew people and the the Samaritans or the Gentiles that, mm-hmm. that, that all can partake. And, and, you know, you should be demonstrating gratitude because there's a sense of, their identity was in who they were born into as opposed to how they treated other people or the characteristics and the nature that they took on. And Jesus was really communicating, I want you to take on the nature of Christ and let that be the most important thing to you, not what last name you have, yeah. not what heritage you yeah. have, because there's not really anything to that. There's not anything in that. And I think really, I mean, it's... Put it's another form of Jesus kind of looking and saying, Hey, like race, ethnicity, religious background, 
is of no significance to me. And what, and what it seems, and, I, and I'm just saying this could be a message to us that are grafted in and we are adopted children into the kingdom, co-heirs with Christ. We can fall in that same slump of just kind of taking some things for granted. And it's like that new person that just came into the family. They're the ones that's so sensitive and moved by God's grace and mercy where we can, through time, just kind of become entitled and just be no like, and, and, and so for me, I'm just kind of looking at that too, again, as a lesson to even the smallest things, we need to pause and remember that all things come from God and to thank him for it. No, absolutely. And I think if, if, Another way this could be interpreted to be taught, like, you know, ourselves doing two decades in ministry on staff, it's easy to hear things in the lens of like if Jesus was speaking to or the story was told about a bunch of, you know, church leaders and he happened to point out the one who was a new convert Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, this new convert got it right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the other ones the 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 ones that are more that were part of the family the church yeah, leaders more seasoned, the one, yeah more the more seasoned. seasoned Christians like they just ran on and and didn't think another thing of it and so I think he was he again this wasn't a parable or a story that he was trying to draw but the text does make sure to point out yeah that there was it a was, message there was a message that he was communicating yes. in the fact that wow this is the, a foreigner it was the foreigner you yes. know better you yes. should have been the first ones to come yes and it was the outsider. Mm-hmm. that made a point to come back and demonstrate gratitude. You have a lot to learn from that yes. outsider. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's it. Not not to be swollen up with pride so much that we can't learn from outsiders or new believers or new converts. Now, that that comes with a certain level of responsibility, um, you know, and how we take that approach. But um, other than that, I mean, again, I think as we celebrate this holiday season and, and move into that and, you know, especially Thanksgiving, just remember, like we have a tremendous amount to be thankful for. And it's easy to forget that, especially if you're, you know, and I fall tra- fall into a trap of this, of thinking, oh no, the election didn't go exactly the way I wanted it. We're doomed. And if, and if certain politician doesn't get elected, we're doomed, we're in trouble. But always just remembering, hey, you know, like the story is over. How we get there, you know, is that... That roadmap, we may not always like the way it looks, but the end game is the end game. Mm. Um, and so we just have to be remember that remember that like we just have to be thankful that we get to be a part of God's story of helping write it to the finish. And we don't need everything to work out in our favor um, for us to be effective and just to just to live a life of gratitude and make sure that we go out of our way to demonstrate glory to Jesus and, and, and a heart of gratitude just as the 10th leper did. And I think um, just in closing up, um, going back to the beginning of the book of Romans, uh, we can even rejoice and find thankfulness in things that aren't going our way. Think like it's not just the little things. Oh yeah, I can be thankful that I have a house and electricity's on. Yes. But but even things like, oh, I don't like this direction in life. I don't like how I'm feeling right now. God, that I know that scripture says you're producing endurance and character and hope in me. So thank you even for this situation. Sure. And that's hard to do. Absolutely. And, you know, being thankful for even those moments, even the discomfort, one of the things that, you know, if you're around me long enough, you get tired of hearing me say that, you know, you can be comfortable or you can grow, but you can't have both. Like that growth can only come through 
uncomfortable times and discomfort and squeezing and pressure and, and all whatever adjective you want to put on it. But I just, I always want to remember. And, and again, the, the, my first contribution to Bible nerd was a blog on suffering and not to be quick to rush past it, but to appreciate it for what it was a vehicle produce something to produce something in us that comfort can't produce. Mm hmm. That, that the easy path cannot produce, that it takes a hard road to draw out in us what God wants to develop in us to make us more effective for building his kingdom, which is what it's all about. And, and so, gratitude will play a huge absolutely. role even in those difficult seasons. Absolutely. I, I said this the other day in a different context, but in just about everything, when things don't go in your way, you can get bitter or you can get better. Um, you know, and if you look at the circumstance of your life that's not favorable to you in that moment, you can, you can choose to be bitter about it and complain about it and moan and just sulk and pout and, and say, well, I'm, you know, sitting on the floor and, and have the toddler response where you just kick your feet up and start kicking them, or you can get better out of it and allow it to shape you and mold you and, and, and develop the character in you that God is trying to develop in you through that situation. Even in situations that, that honestly may not be from God, mm. that may be just an attack from the enemy can be leveraged to develop something in you that can't be developed mm. while you're sitting on the couch in comfort. Yeah, that's so true. So... Well, thank you for coming on today and sharing this. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. This was our our first uh, interview guest uh, podcast. And we just want to wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving, safe um, Thanksgiving holidays. And we will see you next week where we will be continuing the Book of Romans. Happy reading.